Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men Podcast. It is back. I am here. I am Paul Machen. I am joined by Chris Pajak. <laughs> Doesn't work for podcast, Chris. You've got to say something. <laughs> Lovely thumbs, though. <laughs> uh, I'm joined by Tom Dutton. Hello, everyone. And I'm joined by Ross Chandley as well. Brilliant. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's Hi. Hi guys. Um, so we've got a, a bunch of topics and stuff we're going to get through, but we've got a warm up question which comes uh, from Kieran McCormick to kick us off. He says, "The villain of the last movie you watched is plotting to kill you. The only person who can save you is the hero from the last video game you played, uh, Kratos. 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 Tom. I think it's Kratos. Kratos. I, I don't even know. I've not played that one. Oh, God." Uh, might stand a small chance against Sauron. Sauron, Chris? Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, cool. Um, for me. So, Chris Pajak, who was the the villain of the last movie you watched them? Who was the hero from the last video game that's going to save you? <laughs> so, oh I think his name is Colonel Miles Quaritch. Okay. From Avatar. Right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Elsa and Elsa is gonna save me. <laughs> yes. I think I Elsa wins that. Whoa, whoa, hang on a second. What you were playing a frozen video game? We were playing Just Dance and the last song that we did was Let It Go. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thanks. incredible. Okay, fantastic. So yes. the the general I, I think the Colonel might win. You reckon? I think so, yeah. I, I just can't. I can't imagine that Elsa can do this. You know what I mean? I, even with her powers, not Isn't a chance. Like the, are we saying the guy's the, got like the mech suit? He's got the suit. He's got everything. Okay. Can she not freeze it though? She could literally no. just freeze him to death. No, um, Avatar's atmosphere is in the cold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let us know in the comments if you think if you think Elsa would come out on top in that battle. Tom, what you got? So I last watched Max Payne in the film and I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey now. So okay. it's it's a juiced up guy with Valkyries flying around him as the body and it's Cassandra because I'm playing as the woman with the bloodline of Leonidas. It's an even matchup, but honestly, I think the Max Payne guy wins because he's got literal Valkyries on his side and he's got loads of drugs in him as well. What are Valkyries? They're like a mythical Norse creature. They're like dragons that fly around and stuff. I think is she wins. Computer, is this a computer game thing or are they like 
No, this is my, no, this is this is Norse mythology. According to the Max Payne film, I don't I don't know this, but why is the Norse mythology in the Max Payne film? Isn't it just it's like a weird a, film? It's, it's okay, not so. the game, is it? But no, it, it's but... based on the game, but it's got nothing to do with the game. It's like his wife's dead. His wife's oh. dead. That's the only thing that's saying. Is, and I bet there's a bullet time moment where it, it spins all around them. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sam. Um, Ross. Isn't that why they made the game? They had the technology to do that. Yeah. And Joe created the game around it. It's pretty much like the Matrix and bullet time. They got bullet time and then went, shit, we need to do something with it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. It. That is exactly how pretty cool, to be honest. Although yeah. the images that I've got, they are female figures. Oh, fair enough. I mean, they're still in like in mythology. They are female figures who choose that they may die in battle. Yeah, they basically get people. They're, they're like they're like afterlife creatures in the Max Payne film. It's well, a really good film, but it's I'd just suggest not, not taking Norse mythology from Max Payne though. If you are planning to study that anytime soon, because they've got that wrong. Yeah, if anyone's got, if anyone finally got left back into some sort of university exam or GCSE or whatever, please, please, please do not treat that as accurate Norse mythology. <laughs> it's Mark Wahlberg's fault and Tom yeah. fired Tom, um, yeah. if it isn't the case. Although uh, Tom did say that he, he was, he didn't know whether it was true, so he put the end on the end, which is absolutely fine. Yeah. It's a good film. Everyone should go watch it. I mean, it's 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 a terrible film, but I is like it. it. Does, is there any chance Mark Wahlberg going, Hi, hey, I'm Max Payne. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, it's better than the happening. My wife died. Is that bad? <laughs> is it better than the happening? Is oh, that yeah, the one 100%. with the grass trying to take over the world, Tom? Exactly. God damn it, that's the worst film I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah but it's got, a, it's got a twist, hasn't it? So there you go. That film is like... Those the twist was the grass was taking over the world. Where it's already it? taken over the fucking world. It's everywhere. There's more grass than anything else. You don't need to take over the world anymore. I agree. I agree. But the acting in there is it's sublime. It's so. rebellion. We are coming for you. <laughs> The um, yeah, that film is like it's being told a really, really long and elaborate joke, only to find out the punchline isn't funny. Um, if you the just punchline know, is people getting ran over by fucking lawnmowers. Well, it's a good, it, it's an entertaining film until the fact that you find out that there's nothing clever about it, just that the, the, the whispering wind of the trees is trying to kill yeah. you. Anyway, Ross, who was the last villain, movie villain you watched, and what is the video game hero saving you? So, like many others, I got Disney Plus. Someone working my way through Star Wars. So, for me, Sins, Attack of the Clones was the last one I watched because I know. So, it's Count Dooku in it. Count Dooku, yes. It's Count Dooku. And the last video game I played was Pez. Um, <laughs> Mbappe scored a hat trick, so he's the hero in that game. So, it's Count Dooku or Mbappe. So. Absolutely. Mbappe's I mean, only chance there is to run away. But he could be a Ninja Turtle as well because he looks exactly like one, doesn't he? So. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got to give that one to Count Dooku. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like uh, dying in that film. But yeah. Mine is frighteningly similar. The last film that I watched was the live action Lion King. So Scar is the bad guy. And the last game I played was Pro Evo last night, but I'm in Master League, so I haven't even got any good players. I've got some mad no-mark fella called, I think it's pronounced Aristigueta, who is my absolute hero. He's getting me out of the second division of Pez, but he's also... I'm, I'm basically scarred, murdering me and eating yeah. the, bone, the flesh from my bones. So, yeah. Unlucky. I think I I think I might have lied to you about the last computer game I've played. Go on. 
I think I played I chess play. on my phone. Oh, so, <laughs> so the, the queen. As I got beaten, I only just had the king and a couple of pawns left. I think I'm going into battle with a king and two pawns. <laughs> and the king can only move one space at a time. I'm really fucked here. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a, a world of pain. An absolute world of pain. Right, let us know, uh, yes, your answer to that in the comment section if you're watching on YouTube or you can tweet us at the Red Men TV. Uh, before we move on, please do make sure that if you listen to this on a a good old-fashioned podcast and app that you leave us a five-star review and write a little review in there as well because it all it all very much helps. Um, right, so moving forward, I've asked um, our gathered panel to each bring one football-related topic of discussion to the table. Um, Chris, what have you got? Um, I, I'm going to bring, because I want you, your opinions on this, Daniel Sturridge's ban. You know, it was in the news a few weeks ago. He got given, like, was it a four-month ban or something mad like that? Yeah, four-month ban. Um, obviously ends up leaving to Bonspor during it. The FA have now said that his ban is not going to be extended with the football seasons. So his ban will end on June the 17th. So his four-month ban in the end will be four games, one of which was behind closed doors. And I just want to know, A, what does everyone think? Because I think we all thought four months was a bit much considering what he'd done compared to likes of your Joey Bartons, your Canios, your Suarez's and all that type of stuff. Um, and But yet, there's also a part of me that goes, the FA are a joke and this is why the FA are a joke. Because they can't even stand by their own things. Where do you stand, Ross, on that? To be honest, I think he's probably the least of one of their problems at the moment, but I, I do understand where you're coming from. They've probably got a, a lot on the plate at the minute. But having said that... They've got literally nothing on the plate. They literally could have just said, let's just pick another date. Yeah. I mean, it would have taken that long. Can I just yeah, point I, out, Daniel Sturridge is sat at home thinking he's got away with this, and he's watching this podcast, and he's like... No! Swaying <laughs> that he's fallen between the cracks amid the other bigger things. I, I think I think they should extend it to the, to the period that he's he's bound for himself. Like I, I like the guy and he's a good, good footballer. And obviously, he's no ex Liverpool player, but just like you said, stick stick to your own rules. There's no football. What's the point? Well, having said that, though, like Allison's injured when it, when the footy comes back, we'll have Allison, which I know isn't the same as a ban, but it's still it's just still one Are of you them. You suggesting Ross? That someone from the FA needs to go and boot Allison in the leg. No, <laughs> leave him alone. He's fine. I said it's not the same. It's not the same as a ban. Why would you do that, Ross? Why would you suggest such a thing? What's wrong with you? It's it's an honest it's a joke actually. I think it's because he's a Vulcanist and I, I actually think it, that might be it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the nice lighting in his kitchen last week when he was doing ITV News, Tom. Yeah, it's a joke. And to be honest with you, Chris, I don't care about all this studded stuff. His ban was four months time. It doesn't it didn't say anything about games, did it? So it it's meant to finish June. It finishes in June. He's got away with it. 
fair play yeah. to the guy. It's circumstantial, isn't it? That really, I, I, it's weird because if I didn't like Daniel Sturridge, if this was a player that I really, if this was like the Eric Cantona band from back in the day, I'd be like, string him up. Um, but as, as it is, I'm like, oh great. But you're right, isn't it? It's not Sturridge's fault. The footy's not being played. And we, we were talking about on the news show earlier about like, you know, like Harry Kane talking about like he wouldn't mind if the season gets cancelled, etc. And someone said, does he realise he won't get his 11 goals or whatever back? Footballers only have a limited shelf life. You're like double punishing Sturridge because there's no football. His ban end could end up being twice as long because of that. And that's a, that's a period of his life, you know, as a percentage of his working life, uh, uh, six months or whatever is probably a, you know, that's a significant chunk of what he's got left in it. Would you be what happy you with him? Though? Go on, sorry. Well, the community service, would you be happy with him having to pick up rubbish outside the ground instead? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like bring bring it down a touch. He's still getting punished, but after the game, he has to go around with a little little rubbish picker up here and go around and put it in. That could be no fucking rubbish. There's going to be no fans. Oh, true, but like you, I, maybe maybe people just go around and just litter for the for the benefits of Daniel Sturridge's band. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 different times, Chris. The world's changing. Who knows? Who knows? It is. It's completely different. It was it was seven days ago. I think for, for me, when I think it's a joke. I think they should extend it in some way, shape, or form. I didn't agree with the ban in the first place. I do get the point. I do take the point about it being time. It wasn't a ten game ban, for example. It was four months. So that I think might be the probably FA go away second babe. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Sturridge's agents. Yeah. <laughs> go. Sod off. Go. She stood outside there, so I have to whisper. She's like, shit. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. She gets. She set up camp underneath my desk before, and and I pushed my keyboard table in because I've got a dead old desk with a keyboard. Oh, that's sliding. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, she was underneath there, Paul, and I smashed her head against the back of the desk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she'll learn. She'll learn. She's not been back under there since, though, has she? That's called negative reinforcement. You've got to cut lip off it as well. I like, the, I like the thought now that you, you're tentatively putting in your tray every time now. Looking at it, I'm like, I found a Barbie on there before and some clothes, but now I am actually checking that she's not hidden under there. So, yeah, That's Daniel safe. Sturridge, no one's really asked because here's the thing no one's really asked. If it was Lionel Messi that was banned, something would be done. The ban would be extended or something like that because Sturridge is at the end of his career because no one really cares because he's not playing in a top league. It will fall down the cracks, whoever said that before. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, ultimately, the sooner it's all done, the sooner we can get to the MLS, isn't it? And everyone will be happy for Daniel Sturridge. Um, no, Ross? Willie, because the MLS stuff, their thing's supposed to open in July, their transfer window. That will probably get pushed back. It could be that he'll be nearly 32 when he's next playing footy. So what you're talking about, that four months thing, the coronavirus thing's doing worse than extending the ban. Like mm. it might actually be that it ends his career for him. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. Ross, um, I've gone for the Ronaldinho, um, which just is just fucking mad. I think everyone who saw the story must have done a double take. I've gone Ronaldinho was in prison for you know money laundering and fraud, like allegedly. Um, part of me thinks he's, he's dead funny because imagine if you're in prison with and you like <laughs> Ronaldinho rocked up next to you and he's your roommate. I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, there's a video of him doing playing football in in the yard in in the prison as well, which I think is boss. 
But also, I think, Paul, we, we spoke about the news yesterday about, you know, footballers when, they, when they're retiring, kind of going off the rails and how hard it is. But yeah, it's actually appropriate now. And the fact that, like, footballers are, are used to being so busy week in, week out doing trading and how easy it is for them to kind of go from being dead busy to, to boredom within yeah. the space of, space of a week. I mean, Jack Relish is kind of summed all that up in, in the space of a couple of days, but I just think it's, it's a, a mad discussion topic. I wonder whether there's some sort of like, you know, there's in, in, like prison break. I wonder whether Ronaldinho saw this all coming like and just decided to just isolate because he just couldn't trust himself not to be out trying to find beds with big bottoms and you know and, and doing keep ups on the beach. So he's just got I need to just save myself. So I'm just gonna get I'm just gonna end up in the ultimate lockdown. You know or, what the weirdest thing about all of this is you don't actually need any documentation. You I, I've looked it up on visalist.io. The Brazil visa requirements for Paraguay, you don't need a visa and all you need is a passport and a national ID card. But that's what I mean. Why does he not have a Brazilian passport? He's Ronaldinho. But why, why does he need a Paraguayan one? Exactly. Why? And moreover, if it's a fake thing, if it's a thing about being like duplicitous, why is he used his own name? <laughs> Please get another mug, Tom. <laughs> It's a great mug. Stop coming on here with your shit mugs. It's got it's got green tea in it and it's spoke to the brim of green I tea. Can't take we're not sponsored by Spoke Diet. You know what I mean? I just can't I have the take best you. mug here. <laughs> the biggest mug. It's the size of my head. Look at it. Yeah, none of those people are sponsoring this podcast, by the way. So yeah, unbranded, unbranded, fuck the world. <laughs> no, but it's mad. I don't. I genuinely don't understand why. He couldn't just get a Brazilian passport. He could literally get someone to do that for them. Sure, he must. He must have one. He must be. There must be a. a, a you know, it's like he's sort of So you'd hope so. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. It was. And it wasn't that long ago either. The, the bad thing is because it was a fake Paraguayan passport, wasn't it? Yeah. And then they asked him about it, and he went, "I didn't know it was fake." Well, are you Paraguayan? <laughs> No, then it's fucking fake, isn't it? You know what I mean? Your well, Brazilian divvy. <laughs> it was given to him. It was given to him by a sponsor or something like that. I was reading up on it. It was given to him by some a woman who who sorted it all out for him. Uh, it's it's just mad. But the the best thing to come out of it, Ross, I think you're right, is all the footage of him playing football in a Paraguayan prison and all like the offers of you can't Actually, score a goal. There's a picture of him stood outside his, his cell with a towel. Happy as Larry. Like, he's made up to be in there. It's fucking mad. It's just well, love it. It's just living life. Yeah. Gonna get isolated with someone though. He'd be up there for the best person to be isolated with for fourteen days, wouldn't he? Yeah, Smiling, but... happy, gator football, doesn't mind a little keep you up challenge. I mean, you've got everything there apart from the ability to leave your house. Yeah, and if <laughs> and if he battered you, you can get loads of people to like shank him if he beats you in foot if he beats you in footy or whatever as as, as a punishment. Um, you can make passports if you get bored, arts and craft sessions. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, Tom, what have you got? Um, I I was thinking about the the, the coronavirus and, and the break that it's causing all the football teams, and it it's the fact that we're gonna need another preseason. And, and we're going to need one and, and all the conditioning that, that Klopp's put in place and a lot of other teams around the league have put in place to make sure that players can get through till the end of the season that's all going to be scuppered completely and I, I wonder what steps teams are going to have to take obviously Liverpool players are doing yoga via Zoom or Skype or whatever which is fair enough but even just they're all going to come back and they're all going to... It's going to be tough. A lot of players there are going to have to do fitness tests again and you've got, it's going to be overdrive, I reckon, but it's going to be interesting to see just how it will affect every team, really. 
Yeah, anyone want to take that? Yeah, I um, I agree with you. I, in fact, I'm trying to line up um, a Skype with Simon Brundish on the subject because I find it fascinating as well. And, you know, you've heard me talk over the last few years about how you, you set up footballers differently for a nine-month season than you do a Tour de France. Now, so, so the fitness people are going to have to change. Or the flip side of that is instead of setting them up for a month, you set them up for another nine-month season because there ain't, the, the likelihood is the gap between seasons is going to be so short that actually Liverpool are almost... If we can get up to speed, we're prime position for winning the league next year. Mm-hmm. No break. Continue the momentum from this season. Pick up where you left off. Steamroller teams. Could, could play into our favour. Yeah. Uh, but it, it yeah. is massively interesting and they are going to need a pre-season. Bare minimum three weeks, probably. Yeah. Probably. But then probably does, that, does that push that? Does that push back the the start of the game? So they'll go right. We're going to start fixtures here, and you're having these isolation camps, which is something that's getting touted about. Do the, do the managers and the players just go look? I understand what you're saying there, but for the well-being of us, we don't want to go into full ninety-minute games because it could turn into just training matches, like you know the the, the middle of the road games Everton are playing Watford or something. And, and they're just strolling around because they literally don't have the energy. It's going to be weird. That's an interesting point, isn't it? Because I was going to do it. It kind of melds into I'll bring Brian in. I wanted to talk about that, the Miguel Delaney, the, the World Cup-style camp thing. Um, and you're right, I did the fitness thing into it massively. And I'd not actually considered that perspective. Those middle-of-the-road teams for whom it makes very little difference. I get it. Like, at the top end, the team's really going to be pressing for it. And at the bottom end, the bottom end there's going to be teams pressing for pressing for wins. But you're right. Where's the motivation to get yourself up to speed? Where is the determination and all that kind of thing? You know, unless it just boils down to the, the money side. I don't think there's... There's, there's millions of difference between the placements, isn't there, in terms of where you finish. But if you're going to finish between 11th and... You know, 9th and... 13th say yeah you're still going to end up with a bunch of games where what's the what's the fucking point why would why would you right why would Watford or Everton really give a shit other than maybe on those two examples is they're both looking to build something for next season so they get to end on a high to say we've got our new manager we're going to have a new outlook we're going to be starting fresh and this is a little taster of it but now I think it's I think it's a very very interesting at least all teams are likely to be on a level playing field in, in some regards you're also you're not you're playing for everything you've already worked for, as well. Yeah. I don't think you can take that out of it. You know, it might only be ten games, but you've put a lot of work in to get to where you are. You know what I mean? You don't want to waste all of that effort, and you know how much work you've put in and how you've lived for the last five years to get to that position where you can play in the Premier League anyway. Yeah. I think you know clubs might have a little restructure of bonuses. That might be something that they do. They might, um, but ultimately, I think I think they, I don't think there's an issue with middle of the table teams personally trying to put their all in because you could say that with ten games to go of every season, and suppose, it always it always throws some mad results up. The one thing that's weird, I just got the Premier League table up there, and you're looking at the European places are what likely to be down to sixth or seventh, depending on what happens with the Man City stuff. I mean, let's just say seventh for the sake of argument. Sheffield, uh, Sheffield United on forty three points. You go down to eleventh, even like twelfth. Everton thirty-seven points. That seems like a big. That seems like a pretty reasonable gap. You know, kind of six points or more. But ten games all done in a really short space of time. 
there could be a real bonus to those teams go, going flat out for this time. You could there's a, a number of teams you could absolutely out of nowhere. You're starting from zero. If you can get yourselves up to speed, if you can catch some teams cold, like the environment might not suit certain football clubs. You know that's you know Sheffield United not having a home advantage might be a massive disadvantage to them. It might suit certain teams playing a certain brand of footy. So yeah, that that's why I, I can I get people's take on the on on the on the on this World Cup. Thing. I know Ross, we talked about it briefly the day, but putting aside, we'll do our normal caveat of putting aside the health implications because we're not educated enough to be able to determine what the health risks are. Um, I find this idea of like a month of three games of Premier League footy televised a day really, really exciting. It will be. Sorry, Ross. Well, firstly, just on the last point, on the last subject, sorry, I think you've always got players playing for futures as well, whether that's to stay in at a club or they want transfers as well. So, last 10 games of the season with a transfer window potentially upcoming, I think they'll, they'll, they'll be bang up for that. But on, on the football thing, <laughs> yeah, I think if you take away the health and safety issue, which we've all said you know, for the past two, three, four weeks, having football back in our lives is, is obviously massive for us because it's our job, but it's also you know <laughs> what we like, like to watch, what we like to, to, to talk about. I think having that just for some sort of normality for people, even if it's if it's behind closed doors, having a conversation with people, I think <laughs> is huge. And you know, not just for us, a lot for people that you know, their only source of interaction is is football. Um, married that with like <laughs> not taking football for granted. You know, we joked about it on the show yesterday. You know, I seen a few people say it, like, you know, Watford versus Burnley. Oh, I'm not watching that. I don't see if it's on the fucking telly in a month's time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking all over that. Think about think, I think about the World Cups and the amount of times I've watched the Togos of this world play games in a World Cup because it was the footy that was on. Yeah, God, we'd all I think I think it's a way you are that people will work out whether they actually like footy or not. Because if you really like footy, <laughs> you're gonna watch every single minute of it. Yeah, it's gonna be it, it, it will be interesting. I wonder if it'll have any impl- implications in the future of of people know that that's a possibility now. If that makes sense, like okay, well, we if if we can figure this out, how to do a World Cup style but club football, can we make that a competition? Can we do that in a in a certain way and and kind of restructure football? I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a really interesting kind of thing where you could well, say the all of these changes that happen could have far-reaching implications in the future. Well, that's what they're talking about for the the Club World Cup, isn't it? It's going to be a that it's going to be a similar sort of thing as a sum, as a summer tournament. You know, all of a sudden that that everyone's kind of you know not necessarily happy about it makes you think about it and what that would look like of having you have sixteen or sixteen or twenty four of the best football you know club football sides in the world in a short tournament. Go on, Chris. What's your what's your take on it, mate? Mate, I love it. I think it's the best idea anybody's ever had since football began. <laughs> It's just brilliant, isn't it? I mean, football, football, football. All of it televised. Shit going on free channels. We get to win the league. I mean, what? I mean, we already know we get to win the league. Spoilers: We get to win the league at the end of it. Of course, we're gonna love it. What a brilliant and beautiful idea it is. It's fantastic. And then. How many okay. games do we need to win? Two. Games. No, there's loads of games, isn't there? One or two. I mean, for Liverpool to win, do we just need two? We could yeah. theoretically win this within two days of this yeah. thing starting up again. Starts on Monday and we've won it on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And then we just get to enjoy, like a World Cup, like we don't have a team there. 
like yeah. you normally do. You know what I mean? Like, no, none of us support England. We just watch three games of footy a day and ignore the one where England play. That Man United will be the England for us. We'll ignore all their games because they're in good form at the moment. <laughs> and it's just, it's just brilliant. I, I, I can't wait for it to be honest with you. But the big thing for me is they only get one shot at this. They yeah. have to wait. Yeah. So that no one gets sick. Because if yeah. one person gets sick during that tournament, that's the end of the season and we don't get to win the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it, isn't it? I mean, what you want to be playing for is a situation where Liverpool win the first two games, it gets done, and then you just have the entire Liverpool squad all perfectly well spaced out in the stands with their league winner's medal and, and the trophy and just sit there watch with the feet up watching every game live from the stands. I'd be, I'd be paying for that be paying just to watch that happen uh, no you're right isn't it? I mean look we, we as I was saying we, we'll, we'll talk about it because I think it, it, it definitely warrants talking about because it's a big concern on everyone's minds but the health issues are are, are the big issues about this and what we, me and Ross were saying uh, yesterday Chris is you're seeing like Stan Collymore reacting to it, everyone saying well what about the paramedics what about the NHS workers that community? what about this what about that, that as football fans like we're human beings, so we should we definitely need to care, and that definitely needs to be a consideration. It would be mental and stupid of them to to do something that puts loads of people in harm's way. But as football fans, again, you've got to we're gonna have to trust, you know, because there's so much there's so much tribalism tied up in this of people's opinions of whether football should come back or not, that we're gonna have to trust that someone somewhere has enough intelligence to think these things through. 
these were already going to be done and fulfilled by St. John's ambulance workers, by doctors who already work at the football week in, week out, by police who are employed by the football clubs week in, week out. This isn't us taking away from the NHS. This is something that's always happened, whereas now it's being made to sound like it's a new thing. Like, well, football will take doctors away. Hasn't happened in the past. Doctors always work there. It needs to be thought about. It needs to be done at the right time so that the NHS can support it. Um, Obviously, nobody needs to be able to get sick. Everybody's going to need to be quarantined in together. Doctors, cameramen, fucking stewards, whatever it is, they're all going to have to be quarantined together. That's the Mm -hmm. way that it is. Um, and as long as the NHS can cope, then it will give and it will it will help the NHS because there will be less people put on it through mental problems and through other things that come off the back of what we're going through right now. Someone yeah. much cleverer than me is going to have to work that out, and probably a few people much cleverer than us. Well, that's it. We saw it at the time they were saying that it was saying, well, what about the camera operators and what about this and that? And it's like, well, yeah. Duh. Obviously, that they're going to have to be considerations. I think it probably is a testament to how little we think of the FA and the Premier League that we think that they wouldn't think about this. But they're right. There's so many other mitigating some circumstances. But, I, you know, I can't imagine there's going to be... It's not like people are going to be conscripted into this. You know what I mean? And it, there'll be, you know, the people who are working on it will probably be people who want to be working on it. You know, if you're working in production, the Premier League turn around to you, there's good, there'll be things like there'll probably be increased pay or there'll be hazard pay. Or these are all factors that will have will have probably, probably been considered. It's going to be a huge undertaking because you think if you're talking about housing all these people, so you're talking about the doctors and, and that kind of side of it, then you're speaking about everyone who works for the club because it's going to be a lot of people who work for the club. It's not just going to be players and manager. It's going to be the physios. It's going to be the cooks. It's going to be every single part that runs that club. Um, social media, I guess, could kind of run from a different building, I, I, I assume, and stuff, but that's going to be a massive part of it as well. I think you're going to have, a, you're going to, have to have camps. You're going to have to huge areas where you go this is purely just set up for these people to stay here that's the camp of 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 these people and then these people and then these people and then you just kind of make sure that everyone's diligent with it all and and, and make sure that they're smart about it but it's even the the thing for me is there's there's going to be people and i know people aren't stupid and they, they will put their health first but if Liverpool are playing football, there are going to be gatherings. If United or Chelsea or anyone plays football, I think there's going to be gatherings. I think there's going to be secret gatherings of fans getting together because that's what football is. It's, it's sitting there with your mates. And I guess you can do that with Skype and you can all sit there and, and, and chat to each other via Skype. But I, I think Don't give the content ideas away, Tom. Come on. Yeah. Well, I think a, a vast, not not majority. I, I don't think that a, a minority. Before it's safe to do so, will be watching these games of football as a group with a few beers because that's just what everyone wants to return to normalcy. Yeah, I think you. I think you're right, but I also think there's a there's a question to be raised that, or a, a mindset to be thought about. Even that in twelve weeks' time, we know how everyone knows how important this shit is. Yeah. You know, another twelve weeks of this, everybody understands that. And you know, apart so from it's people important to the virus, not important to the footy. Yeah, important to the virus, yeah. You know, and, and what what we're doing is and you know, there'll be there'll be probably close to twenty thousand deaths at that point. Yeah. And and that's a fucking big number with a comma in it. You know what I mean? And and, and big numbers have commas in them. Um and 
that I think so. I don't think the mass gatherings thing will be as big a thing. I think you're probably right. There will be people who have go and have a beer or whatever. I think you've got to worry about the people who live in terrace houses climbing through the fucking ceiling down to the mate's house, six along or something. Because like, that's what I'd be doing if I lived in a terrace house, mate. I'd be fucking shooting down there and around yeah. and, and all that type of stuff. But there's there's so much to consider, isn't there? I mean, you know, I think you know you're going to need the staff of Melwood, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, the football club itself doesn't need to be there. You know, Peter Moore doesn't need to be there with all of his staff. It's Melwood, it's the cooks and the cleaners, and and that's it. And you and there's these there's loads of empty hotels in England at the moment. You yeah. just need to find a load of empty hotels that are fairly close and regular. And when you consider it, I mean, you when, when you were saying it, Tom, and that's why I think using this the World Cup analogy works. It's basically what happens for World Cups anyway. Now, of course, everyone isn't quarantined, so it is slightly different. So it is a bit more like, you know, kept winning. But you think about, like, let's use um, Olympics or Commonwealth Games and what have you. You've got, like, your athletes' village, haven't you? Now, there would be slightly less of that because obviously all of the athletes kind of mingle together or, or whatever. But You could still it, do it, that, though, Paul. Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as everyone's... As long as you're going to need two weeks. Of... You're going to need two weeks minimum before you can set those places up. Yeah, that's that. That's the issue, and the testing needs to be better, and they need to have the antibodies test to see that people have had it. And I think that you know that that's a massive part of it. But the other the other thing that's sort of all linked into that is pe- people talk about the doctors and the nurses and everyone else that's going to have to work there. It will be the Premier League only, you know. So when you consider there's police at every single stadium up and down this country on a Saturday, half the stadiums in the country, I should say. Yeah. How many is that? There's 92 teams, there's 45 games roughly going on, plus all the yeah. non-leagues and all that. We're talking about a couple of games in yeah. probably the same place. Yeah. You know, you'd have a game, then you'd have another game, then you'd have another game, and that'd be the camera crew. One crew yeah. would probably do three games if they're smart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that would be the doctors and the nurses as well. The, the amount of staff that you need is probably less than you think to be able to run those three games back-to-back. I was just thinking then, nowhere, nowhere, sorry, and nowhere near as many as you need to produce the championship plus League One, League Two, and the Prem. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is that's what we're only talking about one one league, aren't we? And and there are many more leagues that need to be finished. I wonder what the what the plans are for them because yes, the Premier League first and foremost is the big one, but you've got to finish all these other ones. I think if you set precedent by finishing the, the Premier League, you've got to. You just have to finish the rest of the football pyramid in England and it's the biggest one. It's going to be so tough. Yeah, it's, very, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Like one say, yeah, maybe maybe that's the, that's the thing. But like I said, the, the World Cup style thing, I think once you get it and you get it and you get that on lockdown on its own version of lockdown, for the footballers and for the staff, it is no different to the kind of World Cup thing. You think about all the England players ever really got to do once they had the crackdown, when when they got rid of like the you know the wives and girlfriends thing, where they were all going out partying or whatever in between games, you know all they practically do is go for a walk and go for a bike ride around a particular area of, of where it is. It's again you would extend that out to the production staff and all the the ancillary sort of people. They can't go home in between, but I I think it's very it's interesting as I say just to kind of wrap up on it. I I think there's there's tons and tons of factors that need to be considered. But for me, as a fan of football, the idea of having some football and that, and then finding a way to do it, and that, and doing that is like a fantasy scenario. It's mad, you know, like a mad, dreamt-up world where you get to watch that much footy, good footy as well, in, in a short space of time. Made up with that. Um, leave us your thoughts on that if you want, if in, in the comments on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, don't forget if you're listening on the podcast to uh, give us a five-star rate. And we're going to move on to some of the more light-hearted stuff. 
Um, we're going to be producing each week uh, what we're calling the Red Men Sanity Playlist. Um, on Spotify, this will be. If anyone wants to create it for us on, on things like iTunes or whatever, then they're more than welcome to. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be putting in three songs each um, from the members of the Redmen TV cast and crew each week, creating a new playlist for you <laughs> to get your ears around. Um, we tried read this, that as two. Yeah. We tried that in the... You mean the bit where it says three in massive capital letters? Brilliant. The, um, we did this on the on the the old school original Redmen podcast, but we created it as an ongoing playlist, and it was fucking horrendous because... It was just, it was, it was terrible. I so screwed we, that up, didn't I? Yeah. You put one, you put an album in every week. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the like kicks of Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be just doing it like, so what it'll be, it's five, well, it's 15 songs a week. You can have a little a little listen through and see what we've come up with. Um, so we've all put three on, but I'm going to ask you to, 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 to talk about one in particular and why you've put it in there. Um, the one that, um, we'll start with Tom. Who have you got? Well, I've got a song. It's from the playlist of uh, Narcos. It's called Tobacco Iran by Rodolfo Isu Tibica at A7. Is I didn't realise. It is on Spotify, definitely. Yes, um, and the reason I picked it is because, obviously, loads of people have a, a, a board in their house, and, and a lot of people have come to, like, start cleaning random bits of the house or things or, like, tidying up. It is the perfect song. If you, if you go onto that and then song radio, it's just a Spanish upbeat song and there's nothing better for me if you're cleaning stuff turn on a spanish like flamenco playlist flamenco playlist and just listen to it because it just it makes it pass so much faster i literally yeah. cleaned loads of rusty tools the other day it took me two hours and i just had spanish <laughs> music on the other day i, I literally i did I, it took me two days as well uh, of like soaking them in vinegar and that it was great but um <laughs> but um that's literally what I've been doing in my time and that song fantastic that whole playlist if you go to song radio is amazing okay fantastic go on Ross what have you got um, so the first one I picked is Morrissey every day feels like Sunday because it fucking does at the minute um, yeah it just I, I, it came on with playlist before it's a bit miserable but it's just it's just so true at, at the minute um, I thought it was quite funny the second one I, I've changed about three times but I've gone with Barry White let the music play um, I've rediscovered Barry White, the Walrus of Love, whilst I've been in isolation. <laughs> Have you been romancing yourself in the bath with some Barry White? Yeah, just just me and my thoughts and Barry White in isolation. That's that's all I need. And uh, <laughs> the final one was uh, the House Martin's Happy Hour. Um, it's just an upbeat, cheerful song, which yeah. I also re- just rediscovered. And I thought, yeah, it's worth blasting. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um... The yes, I yeah, I think at the moment I've noticed I've had the radio on a lot more lately and absolute 90s. And I think they're deliberately playing more upbeat songs just to stop people from absolutely from people from topping themselves at home. Um, Chris, what go on, what have you what have you gone for? Uh, mine was pretty much down the same um route as Ross, to be honest with you. So I've gone with Lennon, Isolation, um, and Offspring come out and play because we can't. Um, and and finally, misery loves company by Shotty Horror. Um, <laughs> this is going to be the weirdest playlist ever. Going to go from Spanish music to absolute depressing stuff. Oh, brilliant! Oh, fantastic! Sorry, top- my three songs to listen to in order. Yeah, start off with isolation. Second, come out and play, and third, there's misery loves company. Fantastic. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you have a good have a good happy dream for a bit and then realize it's nonsense it's all a dream and it can't be a reality so be miserable um sorry tom I, I, did we get did we actually get all your three there did i quickly well, first one i mean no it was it was each guest brings three songs and only one's explained that's why i, I think i did it right but um the other, the other two here is Mr. White by Karanbin. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it's like a slow one. It's quite nice just to reflect on your thoughts and that. And then Rotterdam or anywhere. Sounds by the like it's a song for sad wanking, Tom. You've described yeah. it like a sad wanking song. Yeah, if you were all walks in the park, um, <laughs> I guess you could do that as well. As long as you're not doing both at the same time, that's fine. <laughs> Yeah, and then the other ones, Rotterdam or anywhere, the beautiful South, purely because that riff's amazing. Just yeah. replay that over again. Then two or more like relaxing ones where you just sat in and you're just staring out the window, wishing that you could step outside. Do you reckon you could get away with saying that was you that you won about a daily exercise? You know, it's, it's technically exercise. If you just go, if you just go there and lie down and get it over with, like that's it's probably as energetic as a bike ride. Um, yeah, so um, I've gone with um, Wanna Be Starting Something by Michael Jackson off Thriller, which if we can put aside the fact that he's obviously a massive nonce and, and, a, de- and a dead one at that. Uh, which can, we put a poll? can we put a poll in the top? Do you think Michael Jackson is a nonce, yes or no? Just to say. Please don't. We don't need that in the algorithm. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thriller is a very, very is a boss upbeat album. Uh, Hand in my pocket by Alanis Morissette, and the one that, that I want to, I would, I, I want to recommend is Salute Your Solution by the Raconteurs because we were watching um, Zombieland just before I got I got poorly and um, it's oh it's, you got poorly did you mate? I did. I got a bit poorly mate. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a fall poll. next week. If anyone wants to know how I'm getting on. Um, <laughs> Don't Please you sure. fucking say it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So yeah, we were watching that, and it's it, it, the sound. We watched both the Zombieland movies prior to prior to going into lockdown, and I stumbled upon that song, and it's been it's a proper proper yeah. Get you get you up, get you moving in the limited space that we're all allowed to move around. So yeah, highly recommend Salute Your Solution by the Raconteurs. We're gonna play. The schoolyard game, which I'll be, I'll, I'm going to hold my hands up and say that I thoroughly robbed this idea from another Liverpool podcast that used to do this many years ago, um, but they don't do it anymore. I don't think so. We're going to do it now because it's good fun. It's going to be Chris versus Tom. It is head to head schoolyard rules. Each player, each, each person takes a turn to pick a player until both have got 11 players in their team. And then they're going to have to explain why they think that their team would win and then you the audience are going to get a vote on that um we're going to use the current liverpool squad um ross have you got a pen and a pen to hand of course, of course you do, do you do me a favor and write these teams down as we go right i i, I haven't got a, anyone got a coin no i don't trust you i've got a memory card rather than a coin so you've got don't you've got memory card. i've got a coin i've got a Come badge on, Ross, Ross. Ross can be okay. Go ahead. Ross can be the official coin adjudicator. <laughs> What's that say? That's my weather. Fantastic. Um, Ross, would you be so kind as to flip it? Um, youngest can call it. So Tom, heads. Heads. Hey. Do you want to start or do you want to go? Do you want to start or go second? Uh, I'll start. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so your first pick is Virgil Van Dijk. Virgil Trent. Van Dijk. Tom. Are you picking? Okay. Oh. Yeah. Um, Gomez. Okay. Chris. Rob, Robo. Uh, Allison. 
Ooh, well done, Tom. Salah. Uh, Hendo. Mane. Firmino. Hang on, uh, fucking hell. <laughs> Bobby Firmino. Fabinho. Fab. Ooh. Uh, Milner. Where you playing? In the field? Or left back? Left, left back. Chris? Mm. There's no way you've not got... Genie. I've not done this. I've not even looked at the questions. Um, Ox, and I'm playing him on the left. Okay. Cater. Um... Chris has never been this unprepared for a, for one of these kind of games. What is going on? Salah, did you pick Salah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you already got him. Fuck. Um. This is hard. Seven players so far. I'm gonna say Lalana. In midfield. Right major. Devak. Um. I'll have. Minamino. Nice. I'd forgotten he existed. <laughs> um, Lovren. Um, Let's get into that part of the game. Hoover, right back. Matip. Okay. And I'll have... I'll have Elliot. Adrian. Thanks, I win. Next. Okay, nah. so talking teams out. Uh, Adrian in goal, Trent right back, Matip, Lovren, Robertson, Fabinho, Keita, um, Jeannie Wijnaldum, Mane, Salah, Divock. Yeah, I win. Hold yet. Next, move on. Hold on. Man. And therefore, Tom's team. Alison in goal, right back, Waver, Hoover. Hoover, stop. Do not fall in Waver. Go, go, Gomez, Van Dyke, Milner. Hendo, Lalana, Minamino, Elliot, Firmino, Ox. I think uh, my defence is fucking solid, mate. It is the ultimate ta- one of, of defence versus attack. Chris, how, how is your team going to win this game? Well, I've got Salah and Mane. He's got about 10 goals in his side there. So I'm not going to need my defence. And I've also got Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, so he's got no creativity in his side. I've got all the attackers, all the creativity in a better midfield. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I'm going to absolutely stuff him. Chris, okay. the creativity thing's bollocks because every time anyone brings up creativity, the team just goes, nah, that's not true. Any yeah, but they've got Barney and Salah to score the goals. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They've got Barney and Salah to score the goals. You've had to explain how your team's going to win. Tom is going to explain his team. It's not even close. We start like, defence first. Defence first wins us games. It's why we're top of the league, Chris. That's why. Teams have come up against us with Salah and Mane type players and we've just gone, nah, you're not even scoring. Literally, our defence is Solid. The Hendo in there doing the dirty work around the midfield. Fabinho's been shit recently. He's fucking terrible. He's not even the best player in the team anymore. Then Lalana and Minamino. Lalana is fantastic. <laughs> Minamino is going to be fantastic. And then oh, you've got Kiana Hoover, James Milner, Harvey Elliott, Minamino. Yeah. They haven't even got twenty appearances this season between them. Yeah, because you left me with the, you left me with them. What do you want me to say? You went first pick, Tom. Yeah, and I got me defence sorted, so you're not going to score. Hoover <laughs> and Milner, the sound on the wings. I swear to you, literally, 
Yeah, it's fine. Hoover's fantastic with Gomez alongside him. Van Dijk's just going to sort it all out. Who's, who's your defence partnership, Chris? Matip and Lovren. Well, there you go. So I'm going to win, am I? Yeah, yeah. Because your defence is shocking. We've played this type of game before, haven't we? So you take the positions that he can't get backups in, so that's why I took the full-backs, because he's fucked as soon as I take them. There's only four centre-halves, and there's not that much difference between three of them. Are you messing? Yeah. Gomez, Gomez is well better than the other two. Well better. I don't think there's that much difference between Matip, Gomez and Lovren, to be honest because with you. I, I, love, it. Stats, I love it when Chris gets dead serious on this. Oh, you stupid. <laughs> I don't think this. It's like talking on Twitter. Um, look, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna create an overall adjudication on this. I'm gonna leave <laughs> the audience to vote, but I would point out the obvious glaring hole, and I'm not sure, Chris, whether whether our our listening and watching audience are gonna be totally behind your goalkeeper in this situation, given the current climate. Um, but, injured, but yeah, is injured. Or even considered, even <laughs> considered. Um, but you have obviously got the firepower. So it's firepower versus defence. It's a Premier League win inside versus a ragtag bunch of toe rags. Chris, who are our who are our main team? Who are our main players in the, in the team? It's our spine uh, of Allison. No, 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 it's the spine. Uh, it's the Barney, reason why we're so good. Sent Alexander Arnold no. and Andy Robertson. My spine is literally Allison, Van Dyke, Hendo, Firmino. What's yours? Uh, let right, mine mine doesn't go down the centre. Yeah, so it's not a spine. Goes <laughs> down the right side. Mine's an exoskeleton, Tom. So that's Trent and Robertson, Mare and Salah with a little bit of Fabinho in the middle. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> leave it to you the audience we will put a poll on the YouTube as well so you can vote but let us you know your thoughts and if you want to do spell out how you yeah, think the game would go in the comments underneath uh, you can leave it in the review if you want if you want to review on the podcast app, or you can tweet us at the Red Men TV do tag in Black Tom and Mr Blood Red as yeah. well um, in fact Ross you, 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 you went Shakiri over you went Elliot over Shakiri yeah so what forgetting people existed? No, I remembered them. I've got the squad in front of me and I went Elliot. You've got the squad in front of you as well. Yeah, 100%. You could have had Curtis Jones instead of Minamino as well. Yeah, but I, no, no. Minamino. Yeah. No, brilliant. Okay. And if there's any glaring omissions from the squad that they've missed as well, let us know in, in capital letters, please. If you can get engage caps lock and, sh- and like you're shouting at them, because I'm sure there's loads of people who will listen to this, whatever, whatever they're doing on the bar go in their in their commutes to work when you're really just driving around pretending you're going somewhere legitimate just to get out the house, uh, which we don't condone, by the way. Um, but yeah, let us know in the comments. <laughs> Right, we're going to get to a couple of uh, your viewer questions before we move on to our subscriber-exclusive Q&A show on the website. Uh, first one comes from Ron Yates' Boots. Uh, 14 days in isolation. Options are the following. Number one, in a Paraguayan jail cell with Ronaldinho. Two, on a boat with Boris Johnson. Three, in a tree hut with Sergio Ramos. Four, in a room full of mirrors with Cristiano Ronaldo. Five, in a boxing ring with Jamie Carragher. Or mud wrestling with Genev. This is what you've got to do. What you want to do. Your options for your 14 days in isolation are one of the six. 
prison with Ronaldinho is looking pretty good to me, to be fair. Whilst <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're literally, you, you're going to get shanked. As soon as you walk in there, you're going to yeah, get stabbed. And, <laughs> and they're going to rob all your money. Gonna, and they'll use your own glasses to shank you with. I might enjoy it. <laughs> I said shank. No, I said shank, mate. <laughs> I might enjoy it. <laughs> so, Tom, what are you so, going for? It's hard because can I throw Boris Johnson off the boat without touching him because he'd have coronavirus? Um, <laughs> like, I was going to pick that because I could ignore him, but he does have coronavirus and we would be on a boat. And he'd eat all the foods and all he's like. Um, and then three. Poll, by the way, actually, how many people, hands up if you think Boris Johnson actually had coronavirus? For the podcast listeners at home, oh, wow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's either that or 5G. Got over that remotely. You got over that very quickly, I thought. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, Bungie. Oh, my God. Um, Tom, are you going with Boris Johnson on a boat? No, num- number three is the actual one. I, there's an obvious language barrier there, but I feel like we could get along. Um, so tree hut with Sergio Ramos. Yeah, I think so. I can't do the Boris Johnson one. Okay, cool. And you Chris. voted for this lad's team when he'd rather go and sit in a tee up with Sergio Ramos than go and spend 14 days in a boxing ring with Carragher. And didn't mention that you could have pushed Sergio Ramos out of the tree hut yeah. and actually won it. First of all, he couldn't push Sergio Ramos out of a tee up. None of us could here. Yeah. The four of us together may have a chance of pushing said Ramos out of the tree hut. I think the, the only right answer is the Paraguayan prison cell or the the prison because it's the only place you guarantee food. Yeah. I mean, like, you don't have to fight Jamie Carragher for 14 weeks. I'm not sure either of you could. You'd burn your energy really quickly, but there's no yeah. food in a boxing ring. Mm. So that's a silly idea. And if you go through each of them, so I've just, got, I've just pulled it up there. On a boat, well, I mean, A, it's going to be a small boat, so you can't, ha- ha- like, you're not having a lot. You could go fishing. Why is it like, small? Fair, what? Why is it small? Well, unless it's his boat. I was going to say, yeah, it's his boat, obviously. No, I don't have a boat. In a tea hut, well, there's only nuts up there, isn't there? If you're lucky. A room full of mirrors, there's no food in there. You just and, it's, and then it's a straight fight between you eating Ronaldo or he's eating you. You're losing that match. And mud wrestling with Ginev, A, I don't want to be in the vicinity of him. B, there's no food. And, and you are actually having to mud wrestle him for 14 days, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's an interesting point personally I'm going in a room full of mirrors with Cristiano Ronaldo because I would be able to sustain myself just looking at myself um, <laughs> <for that. laughs> and let's be honest with with all things being told if you had to look at another human being Cristiano Ronaldo as much as he, his face makes you want to punch him he's a he's a very attractive man isn't he he's as close to you know you could do a lot worse than I've, imagine having to look at Gary Neville for 14 days is he symmetrical, do you think, Ronaldo? You'd know I after 14 he's... days, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, Sal. Uh, one last question before we uh, cut off for this. Uh, Jonathan Cook says, what are your opinions on Harry Kane? 30 seconds each. Chris Bajak, go. Big fat tongue, can't really speak. Selfish cunt. Um, probably, probably doesn't finish his misses off. And that's it. Takes credit for it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has to finish herself off when he claims it was because he bought it the vibrator. <laughs> Fantastic. Tom, 
Um, I I actually don't mind him too much. Quality finish, yeah. I wouldn't have him anywhere near Liverpool because uh, he doesn't do enough and Spurs look better without him. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I've just got to add on to everything that Chris says, all of that, yeah. Okay. I have yourself. no opinion towards him at all. I don't care about him. Quality. Ross? Uh, everything that Chris said, plus, you know, selfish, injury-prone, would immediately ruin the, the cohesion at Liverpool Football Club by being that selfish prick that he is. Uh, the team spirit, he's not even Spurs' best player. He's probably the second or third best player. Um, and, yeah, he's just a... What, what Chris said, he can't be... Was that, that a football question? Have I misread that? Uh, well, I think it, I think John... He's got to Liverpool, been... didn't he? Right, yeah. and he's also probably been spared into this by Harry Kane was talking to Harry Redknapp. Yeah, was was talking to Harry Redknapp, and he was the one who said about the season being voided as well. Uh, from from my perspective on Kane, I think he's, he's he's tremendous, isn't he? But it is funny that I have no love for him in any way, shape, or form. He does nothing that makes me endear him. If he played for Liverpool and he'd been come to the Liverpool ranks, I probably would love him. But I like the idea that Harry Kane wants the season voided, but hasn't considered. That like that he might lose all of his goals, and I have a strong suspicion if you told Harry Kane that he's lost the season of his life and all the goals off his record, he would change his tune very fucking quickly. The absolute idiot. Um, right, okay, we've got some more questions that we're going to be answering. We've got a subscriber exclusive Q and A, which is a continuation of this podcast it's on the redmentv.com head over there and sign up you can get it in podcast form and in video form as well some of the questions are if you could choose a body part that you could detach whenever you wanted which would it be um, I can already do that only can you can only eat one time. I was saving that for the subscribers. You pay for this shit, lads. <laughs> you can only you can do that. You can only eat one type of biscuit for the rest of your life. Which do you pick? What uh what is your go-to beer shot cocktail? Who would win in a real-life football match between Liverpool and France? Players you hate that have given you absolutely no reason to hate them. And a Premier League eleven, but players can't okay, play in the right area. <laughs> right. Okay, listen, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. It's been our absolute pleasure bringing the Redmen podcast back to you. Do go and leave reviews on native podcasting apps as well to help us get right back up the charts. Five stars and a review as well. Just type type some type blah, whatever, whatever you want to type underneath, please feel free to. Um, but gents, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, and do come and join us over on theredmentv.com. It is just £5 a month. It helps fund what we're doing on YouTube and beyond as well. So if you want to support us through this period, you can do by signing up to the website and we will get that Q&A and the exclusive podcast that Chris has done with Jose Enrique and uh, with Roger Bennett and a whole host more as well. We'll see you there. Ta-ra. <laughs>